Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Debating Dads podcast, brought to you by Brolit Factory. Today is a very special edition because we're going to be introducing our Brolit Moonlit Walks. I'm your man, Matter. That's my man, Josh. That's my man, Quincy. And very special edition, that's our man, Sway, from the Wolfgang podcast. So, AKA, my big bro. Family's here right now. <laughs> and, and the newest father of the group. So today we thought that for Josh, Quincy, and I, it's been some time since we were fathers, right at the beginning. And we thought we'd ask Sway, who's a new father, what are some of his experiences, um, you know, on being a new father? Remind us what it's like. How old, how old is uh, your, uh, your child? Give us some updates. Wow. Um, happy tired, man. That's, uh, that's my life right now. <laughs> happy tired. The happiest I've ever been. No, it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's great, man. It's great. It's, um, I know. It, I think you forget, you, you forget, you might forget, or I've already even forgotten how quickly babies grow, you know, within the, She's eight months now, and since I've been here for three weeks, she started feeding herself, standing up, yep. and crawling, all in two weeks, two-week period. You know what I mean? But um, it's lovely, man. It's fun. It's new. It's fun. It's exciting. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's uh, it's just it's just beautiful. Different perspective on life, right? Yeah, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just it's. It's, I don't know if you guys still have this, and hopefully you do, but, you know, when I, I could have a bad thought, and then I just look at my daughter, you know, and everything, everything changes. Like, everything is just, you know, um, but I don't know, it's, uh, I mean, you guys know it, you guys, I guess you guys forgot it. Um, Not that perspective, I think you still look at your kids and feel great. <laughs> How long ago has it been since you've been a father, Josh? Like starting probably yeah. like like twelve years, right? Twelve years, two two youths. Um, honestly, those those things kind of just get blurred. The early early the infant early time. early infant times. They kind of like lucky for you know your phones. Like hey, remember this date? Remember five years ago? It's like oh shit, these guys were like this big. Now they're like this tall, right? Mm. Right now it's more like. I gotta now start prepping them to, you know, be be adulting kind of thing. Like, you know, like taking care of yourself, wash your ass, wash your balls properly. That's what being an adult is about. But you know what I mean? Wash, but but even the stuff. Your ass, no, your like balls. even so, like <laughs> I I never got that like that that talk. You know what I mean? Like, yo, make sure you wash your balls and your ass very properly. You know what I mean? I tell them three times at least. You wash your underarms, I don't, you know what I mean? Like You should have grown up Muslim, man. They just start that shit right away. Right? But you guys also get the lota going yeah, on definitely. as well. Quincy, how, how long for you um, since uh, you've been a father? My son is about to turn... Um, son is about to turn 15 this year, September. Hard back. So uh, for me, I've, I've, I've been a father for, for, for a good while. And uh, my most recent experiences were, you know, with my daughter, who's now six, going to be seven soon. And uh, having a daughter is completely different from dealing with a son, right? You know, you uh, 
you sort of you you become more emotional when you have a little girl that looks up to you and someone that you have to like oh you've had both right yeah i have both yeah so you know with, with my son you I, i wasn't as delicate you know, we would put on boxing gloves and beat the hell out of him sometimes like yeah you know toughen up but <laughs> i mean that's interesting though yeah. don't you think that the, but that's like a that's just a gender role that you've kind of bought into that you put on your son yeah because you could have boxed with your daughter i could have and i will eventually you know not not to the same extent but i kind of feel i have to help her be, uh, build a certain toughness right because you know i mean life is not easy you know i mean you're going to get into scuffles girls you know, girls get you know they get jealous of each other and they try to fight each other so mm. at some point i have to teach her to defend herself right so i mean you know and yeah you're right like uh, in terms of gender you automatically feel like you got a tough you know make your son tougher than your daughter but i mean it Probably goes for more fights, yeah i mean it goes for both of them right but do you mean, treat them differently no i don't I don't like I uh when I got to be stern with them I'm stern when I have to be you know soft and soft you know I don't uh you know I don't I don't uh I I don't think I treat them any different from uh from each other it's not uh no not that not, not I can personally like that that I personally notice mm. you know but yeah uh, I I love them the same You know, I, uh... it's it's an interesting point um, because for me, you know, I had my two sons, uh, one 13, 13, one's 10 going on 11. And just I don't remember a lot of the beginning because there was so much stress. Uh, I didn't have a lot of money at that time. And it was just I think it was anger. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it was just I don't think I was so ready to be a father at that age. It just I was 23 years old. And uh, it was it was it was pretty overwhelming. Like I remember, like coming out of the hospital and putting my son in the car seat, and just being like, "Okay, now what?" Right? And it it, it was a lot. And and I think that as you kind of look back, and I see him as a teenager now, I'm like, "Wow! Like where did the time go?" Like my mom would always say that to me. She goes, "Before you know it, they'll be big. Before you know it." And you don't really believe that when they're like like very small, but as Sway said, like you know, just that quickly. Uh, having a daughter, you know, I, I do know that. Like for example, you want to treat them absolutely equitably, but there's always going to be like little things. Like my boys always feel that she gets preferential treatment because I'm from a family of three brothers. Uh, she, her her cousins are, are mostly boys, so she's the only girl. Oh yeah. Right. She, she's she's the only girl, and so they feel that. Then, when it comes to let's say, uh, you know, how she wants to dress, even at seven or eight, and her grandmother's very conservative, Pakistani Muslim. There may be cultural or religious or just other things that she's kind of you know will con- kind of sort of contend with. And on top of that, being a divorced father, she's like between houses, right? And it's like how she's learning from her mom and her dad. It, it gives me some kind of interesting points of thought and I, I do say like it is a little bit different I didn't expect it to be different raising raising a girl um, but it is something that I can say I, I don't think I ever was really prepared for I didn't grow up with any sisters and I, I, I and I think that it there has been like a lot of learning club and it could be like little small things like 
A, I got, I have no hair. Uh, and, and B, sometimes like, I remember one time trying to do her hair. And, and, and like I watched, pulled up a YouTube video and it was like, it was maybe even harder than trying to learn how to change a tire from Quincy. And that went really poorly. Uh, but you know, you, you try with stuff and she just put the phone down. She's like, dad, you don't have any hair. You don't know what you're doing. Let me do it. My, my mom came and did it. And I, I sometimes wonder like, is there a manual for this stuff? Especially when you're split, like you have to teach some of this stuff yourself. So those are, those are just some of my sort of, um, uh, you know, initial thoughts as they sort of like grow up. But Sway, you had mentioned, um, at what age do you think parenting actually starts? Um, well, I guess technically parenting starts from the day the kid's born, but um, I, I, I kind of call it the different stages. The infantile stage to me is not uh, active parenting in that sense, you know? It's maybe a bit more passive parenting. You're just trying to make sure that your kid doesn't kill himself, you know, doesn't eat something too large and choke to death yeah, or something. Right. You know, that's kind of the event of the, the, event of the day. But, um... So before you get past that, I got one question. What is your biggest fear as a new parent? Um, hmm. I think it's, I, <sighs> no, fears, I mean, my fears are more, have more to do with what the world is going to be like in 10 years and 15 years. That's, that's kind of my biggest fear. Like, what, what do I need to equip my daughter with in order to be able to survive in 20 or 25 years? And that question I can't answer because I don't really know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, so it's, it's kind of a mute point. It's, it's kind of anxiety for no reason. So it, but it's something that comes into my head. So what's, what but steps what do you I, take, Well, that's the thing. I think that I, what, I, what I try to focus on. No, yeah. I, the, 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 you asked the question based on fear. Yeah. It's more of like, what am I trying to focus on with my daughter? And what I really try to focus on is um, self-confidence. I mm. think it's just a very important thing. Like very I want her to be able to make decisions and, yeah. um, and not be afraid of anything. I don't want to hear my daughter say, I can't. Just yes. in general, like I, I can't do that. I, I can't draw that I photo, Dad. I, I can't I suffer. I can't I, build that. I, I, I struggle with that right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that. You know what I mean? And I want my daughter to um, to be quite independent in the sense of, you know, I've, you know, there's something to do with feeding. You know, there's a there's a there's a there's a, a type of feeding. There's a type of uh, feeding called baby led weaning, which is uh, when you give kids the food, like you lay out foods in front of them as babies, you know, when they start to, to, to eat, you can puree their food and give them uh, pureed potatoes or mm-hmm. pureed vegetables. Um, or you can do what's called baby-led weeding. You put food in front of them and you kind of actively have them choose a bit more of what foods they want to eat and they get to taste food in its normal state and its normal textures. Yeah. Like you a know? rock carrot or something. Like a rock carrot, yeah. a, a nectarine or whatever the case is. And we've decided to do something in between where um, we still give her like porridge and things like this, but we give her, we started her out early at like pieces of nectarine, pieces of mango, pieces of uh, grapes or whatever. And it's fucking terrifying because you're <laughs> sitting there watching your kid choking sometimes because yeah, they, yeah. they have a really... <laughs> quick gag did, reflex did, did you guys do the 
infant CPR yet? No, 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 no. No, 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 we did it. Sorry, to training? Yeah, 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 we did the training. I thought you meant that I have to use that shit. No, 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 And then you're like, you should, though. You should. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? In between brothers. I'm like, nah, bro. But yeah, so it's, I don't know, you know, whether it's going to work or not, I'm not sure, but these are the kind of things, like, I'm just not afraid to do with my daughter. And I really, I really just push her, even at this age, I just push her to, like, she want to stand up, stand up. She want to... You know, and, and uh, yeah, confidence and, um, you know, down the line for me, it's critical thinking. I just want her to be able to be in a situation out in the world and be able to think, solve think problem. and solve a problem. Yeah. So on the point of critical thinking uh, to, to the brothers here, sometimes, sometimes critical thinking comes from like the different value systems or world systems. You're both, I guess, now the um, parents of mixed racial children. Right, um, and so just growing up in a, in a world, uh, obviously both as as, as black men, um, like what are some of the things you want to impart to your to your children who will forever be biracial children? Some of the things you faced or or whatnot. Well, I'm not biracial, so I would face anything. Your children. Um, I, I do tell them that life will be harder for them because they already starting at a disadvantage in this, this world. They will see them as black children or black people first before they even, you know, open their mouths. So I, I, I try and let them know that, you know, you, you have to try almost harder, you know, sometimes even twice as hard, just to get to the same place as other people that can just walk into the same situation. So that's how, that's how I feel. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. It's. Um, I think it's quite complicated because I'm not sure. Again, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. You know, there's a point where you you create an anxiety in, in an individual, or you um, or you. How do I say this? I, I'm very fearful, for example, of telling my daughter that she's at a disadvantage you know what I mean just to say that to her yeah, in yeah, any yeah. rate because this is maybe maybe what she becomes she starts to believe mm. and this is what I don't want her to believe you know but I don't want her to walk through the world ignorant and naive to how the world may or may not see her you know what I mean yeah and so I, I don't know what the answer is I have to say at the end of the day I want her to be aware I, I, I think it's what I think is important when it comes to this kind of conversation about race, I think it's just important for kids to be culturally connected to their cultures. I think it's important for my daughter to know you are Jamaican and you are German and to understand that and to be connected to those cultures. Because I've seen a lot of kids that are biracial that their dad's from Ghana or their dad's from anywhere in the world and they grew up in Germany, for example, with their mother and their only sense of culture is being white German. They don't have a black sense of culture. And even to be black doesn't mean anything without the culture. So you have to connect them to their culture. They got to know who the grandparents were, the stories about them, what the culture was around it, and who they are. And I think that's just very important. That, 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 that preservation. And maybe not mixed racial, but what about you, Quincy, as raising um, black children, like who are like, as much progress as we're making in our society, 
Um, we, we hear all the reports and we, we whether it's anti-blackness, whether it's um, you know racial identities, how do you to have those conversations with your, your growing children, your son, your daughter about being black? Well, truthfully, I don't. I, I don't, I don't talk to them about uh, the difference in race. Right? Uh, just something that I never felt that I needed to do. Is, you know. um, but one thing I am noticing is that my daughter would, uh, would come up, uh, would go up to her mom and be like, oh, uh, I wish I was white. Kind of so she said that to your she said that to her mom. So her mom messaged me and asked me about it. Like, you know, like how, where is she getting this from? Like, you know, most likely it's happening at school, right? But then um, another thing that I've noticed is uh, when she's playing with her toys, um, the darker doll is always on punishment, right? <laughs> wow. And the white doll is the one she's always carrying around with. Her. So I mean, it's like, okay, um, how do I deal with this, right? So I always ask her, like, um, uh, why don't you play with the other dog as much? She's like, oh, no, well, she's being bad and she's okay. So I'm wondering if she's associating this with, with herself, right? Um, every time she does something that she gets put on timeout or whatever. But, like, yeah, I'm still in the midst of trying to figure that out, right? But other than that, I don't really talk to her about, well, you know what, you're, you're a black girl and things are going to be different for you. I don't, I don't discuss those things with anybody. Same with my son, right? My son is part African, and Zimbabwean. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm not too sure if his mom does, but uh, so far, he's never come up to me and, and, and expressed anything about anyone being, you know, racist towards him or anything. So uh, I, I, I haven't had to deal with it. And my own experiences through, uh, throughout life, um, no one has ever directly come up to me like, yeah, you're a black guy, you, you can't do this or that. No, I have never experienced that as yet. It doesn't usually come to your face. It doesn't come to your face. But sometimes it does. Sometimes I've had that. Yeah. I haven't had it yet. And and a lot, a lot of times I also think is, you know, I'm black, but have a fairer complexion. Right? Mm -hmm. And skins. I think the experiences are a little different, right? I mean, amongst black people, I mean, you know, I'm not black enough. Amongst white people, I'm black. But do you right? get that, though? So I do get that. Sure, right? I do get that, right? But I mean, you know, you look at my mom, my mom is a dark-skinned woman, yeah. right? And even growing up. Uh, there were times that I would cry. Mom, why am I so fair? Like, you know, that, that was my issue, right? Well, even the word fair. Yeah. We have done the South Asian culture. My daughter is of a darker skin tone than her brothers, and mm -hmm. she she comes and so she she asks, and it's 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 a really question. And I know it's been a challenge for my parents because they've grown up in a South Asian, Pakistani, Indo-Pak culture where the word fair, like there's actually a cream called fair and lovely that, uh, that it's a lightning. It's, yeah, it's a lightning. And like, yeah. we're like fair, uh, fair is code word for light skin and charming um, is code word for dark skin. 
So, so when, when you if you're and and it was interesting because she has her my daughter has her mother's skin tone, mm. and she will come sometimes and she say she goes why do I look different right than than and and my brother who also has a darker skin tone, and, and you know on top of that of being Muslim and like it's interesting because we're taught to not discriminate around skin tone but it's it's there are hierarchies like a black Muslims do not get treated as well even in the city as lighter skin Muslims and and, and that, that that was that's actually always been something that like I kind of have to look at because it's something that I never had to think about so much yeah. until somebody points it out to you well my family like in my younger days most of my family were dark skinned but now everyone is you know mixing yes. with any of everybody yeah. so we have a lot of you know mixed kids in our family now so it, it's a lot it's more normalized now than, than back when i was younger so uh yeah the, the whole uh situation of her thinking about you know the skin tone and you know the, 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 how old is she oh, she's six like the texture of her hair stuff like that you know um this is like a learning um, it's like a, it's a learning uh, situation for me, now, right? Yeah, I yeah. gotta kind of gotta get on that. Now learn how to deal with this. Well, it, it, so. it goes to the point that I, I think that you, on one hand, don't want to like poison the well and say the world is going to be against you or whatever but the other hand you if mm. they're going to you have to prepare them because they are going to run into you know times and it could be um covert or, or overt races and like right. are you ready to have those conversations and it could be around aspects of their identity and just as people of color like for me it's the 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up and i live in a country canada where people are literally still getting run over for wearing headscarves yeah right and 20 years later, we're having kids with Muslim names. That's not the world I thought I'd be raising my kids in, right? I thought it would ostensibly be getting better and with things like white supremacy, anti-Islamophobia, it really makes me pause. And as a father, like what identity are you, 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 you putting out there? What are you trying to hide? What are you trying to put out there? And you know, when, when my kids saw that, like it was a very tough conversation. There was a family in Canada and they were walking out and some of them were wearing headscarves and they were run over by a white supremacist and outside of the sun everyone else was was killed and it really shattered a piece of calm in the canadian psyche that we're canada we're not america and this isn't supposed to happen but this is years later and he was charged with like a hate crime or whatever but since then muslims have come forward and there's just real this real sense of dread it's not only getting better but it's getting worse and with kids who are growing up, it, it makes you actually viscerally angry. Like, so I can't just tell my kids, um, it's all gonna be fine because everyone's gonna accept you because there's people who are not going to accept you. I think kids need to be, I think Quincy's a great example because I think his six year old is going through an identity crisis and you had no idea that she was going through an identity crisis. Yeah. And a lot of six-year-olds right now are going through identity crisis, especially if you're um, a person of color. You know what I mean? So um, it's it's just interesting. I think 25 years ago, 30 years ago, a six-year-old was just concerned with going to the park, yeah. to how many friends they were going to have at the park. Yeah. And now... Not even. Just like, I'm going to meet my friends in the park. Are they going to be outside? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we didn't have those, we didn't have those problems. We were, all we want, like, we weren't even inside. 
Well, yeah, but I, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good point. I just think that now the the level of the weight, you know, awareness. The, the awareness and the weight of awareness is 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 getting younger and younger and younger. And the interweb. Yeah, so you know, it's something you gotta <laughs> try and figure out pretty quick. Yeah, because okay, <laughs> too much access to everything. Know, one thing that her mom would tell me is like, you know what? Every day you tell her she's beautiful. Like, you know, just trying to lift the spirits all the time. They, you know, build that confidence in them. But it's, one thing you realize is, as much as you tell them that they're good looking and you know, most beautiful kids in the world to you, whatever. You know, it's it's all it takes is one person. One thing. It just takes one little thing to to make them develop that doubt. Yeah. And then it's like, well, mom, this kid at school said this to me, and. No matter how you try to tell her that or, or, or him that, you know what, don't listen to them. Mm -hmm. It's burnt into the you know, Well, it's, yeah, I mean. Because they don't really listen to us. Yeah. They listen to their friends when they listen to yeah. us. So, you know, it well, all, you know, no, I think it's, it, it depends. It really depends, you know, and, and, and what I mean is that, like, this is, this kind of goes back to the point of why I think culture is so important. Because a young black girl who just thinks that she's black, she just knows she's black. That's all she knows. She's dark. And everything around her, when the world around her says that she's, uh, that she's, there's something wrong with her or that she's not white, um, that environment can become very toxic. You know what I'm saying? But if that individual has such a connection to the culture that they're from, where they can go to a place where there are black people everywhere yeah or there are asian people everywhere or there are you know pakistani people everywhere that builds a different type of confidence you, you know what i mean it builds mm -hmm. a very very different type of confidence and i think that that that's what i find here that is very difficult a lot of people especially like in canada for example you have a lot of um families that have come here no families that have come here and you know people like us that are born you're black you're japanese you're pakistani you're wherever you speak english and you're in this limbo place of culture yeah because you're not canadian you don't really identify with canadian. I, I would always joke i, I said we I identify as canadian well you see that becomes the problem i think yeah because you're you're not in a way, you know, like all blood that runs through you is from somewhere else. Yeah, like you just no happen one's to be Canadian other than natives, like you know, like the native people. Well, what I'm trying to say is like the when you look at the Canadian culture, it it supports and represents people that are not you. True. Mm -hmm. And when you think you're in it, and you think I'm a Canadian, yeah. and it's and even when you're in it. Not Nothing looks like you. You don't see Mounties <laughs> that look black on posters and all that yeah. kind of shit. Nothing looks like you. And so I think people get trapped. You get trapped in the sense of like, okay, well, that's them. You know, if you're looking at white people or even if it's native people, yeah. it's not you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then where do you fit? So if you don't have a sense of like, okay, well, where am I? What are your kids going to have? Yeah. So and so they're going to grow up even... More even, I don't even want to say more fucked, but even more confused. It's very difficult to gain a confidence in just, well, you're beautiful, and it's like, but why? You know what I mean? There, are, there, are, there are. I don't know. Sorry, not to rant, but if you look at, well, I think if white people can can look and say, 
okay, I'm beautiful, white's beautiful, white's back in art, white, Da Vinci drew about white people, and that was beautiful, and, you know, you go back to 1500s of, you know, the medieval times, and, you know, there were things that showed people white, beautiful, white, beautiful, white, beautiful, yeah, all the way up to Hollywood. And then just to add to that, when you go to school, history, everything. Everything shows you this. So then you have a black girl, or a little black girl, or a little, any person of color who's a girl or a boy, and somebody tells them they're beautiful, the question is, well, why? Right? Why? Yeah. And then, so, but however, in all of these cultures we don't discuss, there is histories in them that show them in those same places. Indeed. Princes and, and, and kings yeah. and, you know what I mean, from different Ashanti tribes and in Ghana and all these different places. And when, I, I think when, when people can connect to those things, then they get on the same level. Those kids get on the same level. They're like, yeah, okay. I'm beautiful too, and I know I'm beautiful. This, we got all this too. Yeah. We just don't talk about it here. Exactly. But I talk about that with my family, or I just know. Yeah. And I think this is so important for kids. It's so important. That's a great point. Well, and, and it also just to add to that, yes. is the ad says that when children, whether it's in arts, sports, entertainment, politics, see someone who looks, acts, and is unafraid of that identity and wins on that identity, right? It gives. It gives those kids somebody to say, yeah, like that person looks like isn't hiding from those. And you're right, the, the Western civilization, my undergrads in anthropology, is all built on the colonization of marginalized and racialized people and then sort of a whiteness put on top of that. So you don't even know where stuff came from. Yeah. Right? You don't even know where stuff came from. Uh, and, and, and then when, when people discover this and find this out and that, oh my gosh, so many things that happen in Western society are from the African civilizations or the Ottoman Empire or like whatever, people are like, what? That can't be possible, right? Like, like you know, it, it can't be possible that like the graduation ceremony came because Europeans went to the Muslim world and they started wearing robes because that's how they use No way, no way. We invented it. Yeah. We invented it. And, and there's, you know, the, but what happens is I think in this reclamation project, I think with things like the internet, with whatnot, the common thread is identity. So maybe as sort of a concluding thought um, is if there's one thing you could say, either past, present, future, to your children about identity, what is what what is the one thing you would say to them about identity, Josh? Go surgery. I gotta think about it. That's not what he said. So <laughs> that's what he said. I gotta think about it. It's a hard. It's a hard one right there. So for me, I would start. I will tell them that your identity will always be in flux because you live in an era where in your phone you have more knowledge than the great libraries of human civilization. You will be able to encounter people without ever leaving your couch. And you will be going to school with people that will challenge your assumptions of the world. And that said, it's going to be up for you to how you mix those and remix those identities. That's gonna be up to you. Your parents, myself included, though they will teach you, but how you determine what is your specific form of identity is going to be up to you, but you should know what your identities are, where you came from, even if you want to reject them. reject If you're going to reject them, know what they are. Know what your grandparents' lineage are. Know what their religion is. Know what their culture is. Figure it out. Find it out. Don't ask somebody to tell you, oh, did you know about your grandparents? Your dad did this, whatnot. Find that out. So these are the types of things that is always going to be in flux. Quincy? Well... To be honest, same as Josh, this is something I will have to figure out as well. Because, um, I mean, yes, I am black, but I'm also part Native. And 
that's a part of me that I don't really know too much about. So these are things that I need to discover for myself before I can actually teach my kids about you know, how they should be uh, thinking about their own identities. But, you know, um, yeah, you know, I'm forever learning and it's something uh, that they will probably be doing as well for the rest, uh, rest of their existence, right? Don't allow anyone to sway and alter your self-image. Um, the, the image I've helped them build for themselves. Um, other than that, I know I'm sorry I should have went first, but it's long-winded. But I'm going to pass it to my big bro because he's got a lot on his mind. <laughs> He has a lot to say. It's a tough question. Man. It's a hard question. So I always ask him. Ideally, I think identity is just, I think it's just also a, con a concept. It's a social construct. You know what I mean? What is identity, I guess, at the end of the day? But I would, the only thing I'm going to do with my daughter is present to her um, the information. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I'm going to give her, you know, I've, I've decided I'm going to take regular trips to Jamaica. I'm going to take her to West Africa. I'm going to, you know, come back to Toronto to see her family. I'm going to make it an effort for her to have the books, the information all around her. And and she's going to have to do what, what what she's going to do with it. You know, and that's, I, I'm not going to force her to be something, but I have to, I can't expect her to be something if I didn't, if I didn't build that with her in the first place yeah you know what I mean so as a kid um, I, I think it's important for my daughter for example to be in a safe space to explore her identity as a, a mixed-race child and so you know I really sought out a, um, a kindergarten in Berlin that caters to mixed-race kids there's only two of them there's only two of them and I've no it's only Berlin for you and I and I found one and I you know I got in and it took a bit of hustle and I got her in and you know there's 70% black kids there's white kids and there's other kids there but they focus on um, teaching black culture singing songs you know also German you know it's also yeah. in German but they focus on having a balanced safe space where you know People are not going to walk up to my daughter and say, "Can I touch your hair?" Yeah, and this kind of thing, you know. So, and so I think it's very important for me to put her in these spaces and allow her to explore um, like this, and to, so that she can later be able to say, "Well, if she wants to be more German, then be more German. If she wants to be more Jamaican, then be more Jamaican." Yeah. You know. But I have to. My job is to present her, present to her um, enough substance and information. You know what I mean? Um, before we go, uh, before we finish, uh, to build her own identity. That's that's really what it is. I actually wanted to ask you, like, how how has your experience been in Germany? You know, as, um, a, as, a, as a black man, you know, getting around in that society, especially with uh, you, you know, know, it's 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 a different, it's a different type of, um, it's a different type of racism. You know, uh, you know, my 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 partner in Wolfgang um, Abe, he. You know, he was recently attacked on the subway, um, broke his shoulder. He was in the hospital when his daughter was born. You know, missed the birth. He FaceTimed with his daughter while his wife was in another hospital across town having his baby or having their baby. And, um, you know, it really changed my perspective in the sense of I always thought Berlin was super safe. 
you know, and it's not a place where you get shot. It's not a place where police pull you over and, you know, harass you. It's, it's not that kind of thing. You don't get drawn down all the time. Uh, but it's a different type of racism. It's a very, what I call, an old kind of colonial racism in the sense that you'll never see black people in po political political points of power. You'll never see black leaders of France and Italy and that kind of places. It, it's, a, it's like it's, there's a glass ceiling for people of color there. And they tend to keep it that way. Yeah, you know? I do the same sense yeah. in the Netherlands growing up here. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's different. It's different. It's, different. it's not in your face, but it's old. It's just it's in the it's in the it's in the water. It's in the yeah, everything. Yeah. You know, it's just in the in the, <laughs> in the structure. In the you know what I mean? Racism here. Um, that's like hidden. They won't. You know, they'll, they'll just whisper and kind of like. <laughs> but but one thing I mean to kind of go back to, which I think is is the elephant in the room that we, you know, we haven't talked about, which I think is incredibly important to children and babies and their identity and who they become, is their relationship between their parents, you know, and it's, it's quite interesting and, and serendipitous that, you know, you guys are all separated, yeah, yeah. and I'm, I've been with my girlfriend for, I don't know, 17, 18 years now, I've known her, so for me, this is like... I don't know, this is like the the start of everything. You know, like it's it's the I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like if I don't have it I can't build anything on it. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult it to really build difficult. on 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 not having this nucleus. Yeah. You know and, what I'm and, saying? And, 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 I'm, and I'm not saying that you don't no, no, say no, like you guys can't build that, but we, we can, it's just a different different yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. It's a different blueprint. And and you know, because I don't know, I think one of the things that I just, I would really try, I might be speculating, but from what I, what I know, or what I not, what I believe is that one of the things I don't want to have in the space of my daughter growing up is this kind of resentment or anger, you know, like, I don't want to have to have to take care of that in order to build on top of that, yeah. you know, I want her to just feel love, mm -hmm. have love, be love. And then on top of that, we build, you yeah. know, we build identity and we build confidence and all these other things, you know, but I think that's one thing that you guys might be dealing with that might be very different is that, that there's just that underlying when your parents aren't together and that we know that because yeah. we had that as kids. Yeah, exactly. There's just, it's like, you got to get rid of the anger and you got to deal with all that and, uh, and then you got to start building on it yeah. and it's... You know, it's a, it's a and, tough and, thing. And, and, and it comes to cycles. It's, it's a theme for what we do. Identity is fluid, not just on their culture, their religion, but even back and forth on a week-to-week -week basis. Because they're going from system to system, back and forth. And yes, there is, whether it's overt anger overt resent, uh, or covert resentment, it's just, as a child, that world will never seem fair to you. And even though the child adjusts, they always are in a notion that that's my mom, that's my dad. And there's always the hardest place for a child to be is in the middle of that. And they, and always, that, end up there. And they always end up there just by circumstance. And so it, it's, it's a great point and a great segue for what we talk about is the world for our children is always going to look like a bit different for than those who've had parents who've like stuck together in, in whatever for whether it's living, yes. girlfriend, for us, they're always going to know a world um, that is between worlds. And so that is probably our concluding thought that it's always a consistent journey for us. There's never a real destination, but we're always talking about it. I'm your man, Nader. Hold on, one thing.
<laughs> the concluding question or the concluding statement is we all talk to you guys and we try and drop you know some knowledge some tidbits and it's honestly to stop you guys from getting to here not to say that our lives are shit but if we all could we would all be in a situation like my brothers here where you have a loving family with both parents that can love the kids equally and make them it's like once the parents split it's almost like the kids are almost at a disadvantage already because they're they are literally split so my mom says but it's, it's not to say that the kids can't feel love when you're separate they, they will but they it's will. a different it's, kind they can right it's different but it doesn't mean that when you split you just run for the hills and forget about your kids you don't split. yeah it's, it's also you know and now we're just rambling on but <laughs> it's also about, it's not just it's the relationship because it just makes me think there are couples that split that are best friends after thank you for joining us on our brolet walk uh we'll try to make these um something you see more regular of us and as brolet moonlin walks as always it's a continuing discussion we don't have all the answers but we do have a lot of questions and for those new fathers out there uh, we're hoping that you take the time to appreciate your family, to appreciate the moments that you have, and hey, don't learn from your mistakes, learn from ours. Yeah. Uh, I'm a man Natter. That's my man Josh. That's my man Quincy. And special edition, that's a man Sway. What up, what up? And it's Wolfgang. W-O-O-L-F-Gang. Gang. Say, say, Gang. Say bye to them Get in German. up on Instagram. Say bye to them in German for us, friend. Was kann ich sagen? Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Salam alaikum. Quincy in Dutch. Gute Nacht. Tschüss, Lilate. And uh, goodbye from Canada. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs>